Uh, hey, everybody. This is another Bad Fans Podcast. This is episode number 45, right, Tim? You got it. On the first try, too. Oh, finally. <laughs> I, I should keep a count of uh, how you are, like 10 for 20 now, or 5 for 45, or something. <laughs> the number we're on. Yeah, you should, you should give me my batting average. Yeah. <laughs> You're batting under a bug. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, so I'm not even in rookie leagues, right? I'm not, I'm not even <laughs> at any professional level. <laughs> You're in winter ball. <laughs> even winter ball. <laughs> I, I, I'm like, I'm not like in like, what am I in? Is there an amateur league or something below the Yeah, like an amateur league. <laughs> <laughs> And you also have to calculate my on-base percentage. That's going to be a little harder. <laughs> yeah, well, I was like, uh, what I, would I apply? Yeah, but like, naming the correct number of our episodes, how would you translate that into on-base percentage? Because how else <laughs> would you guess it right? Okay. Well, on-base percentage is how many times you get on base, obviously. Walks, walks hit by pitch. Yeah, hits, hit, hit by pitch, uh, maybe even bunts, but maybe you take all the times that, hmm, maybe you take all the times that I guess in the ballpark. Or something. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got the correct. First digit, right? Like 40 something, but it's like actually 45, and you say 43 or 44 or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that that's kind of like a pot fly. When I say 42, like that, that's like a pot fly that doesn't leave the infield. <laughs> and well, what would on base percentage be? This is not really too many things you can do because you either guess it wrong or you guess it right, <laughs> and I go up against your average. Yeah, you're right. Well, I guess batting average will have to do. So, Tim, I got some homework for you. I want you to go back to <laughs> all 44 other episodes that we've done, including this one, so 45 episodes. And next time we record, I want you to give me my on-base, maybe not my on-base, my batting average. I think I will do that. <laughs> I'm only going to have to count the ones that you say, because there was times where we I had to host, and maybe back in the early days with Gary hosting, so it's only going to be the ones you yeah. get, uh, say the episode number. So. All right, next right, episode, right. we'll have your batting average and see if it's good enough to get called up to the majors. Yeah, so hopefully I'm like a two, 285 hitter. I'll, I'll, I'll take 285. <laughs> um, just as long as I'm above the Mendoza line. That's pretty you know, like high one night. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you're batting yep. that high. Oh, yeah, you're right. I'm probably batting like 175 or something. <laughs> Maybe this is like no homers and no um, triples. You're just like right below the Mendoza line. Maybe it'll be like batting 199. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I probably am. Probably going to just stand. I'm just going to be like a minor leaguer for the rest of my life or the rest of my career. 
You're going to never get to the big leagues of podcasting, which I really don't know what that is, but. (laughs) Maybe that would be like uh, Kevin Smith. There you go, like (laughs) the the most downloaded uh, podcast. You you know, like Adam Carolla. Yeah, like, or like Adam Carolla or Mark Marin or all, all those big guys, but like, we're kind of like the Winter League because nobody listens to us, right, Tim? Yeah, no one watches Winter League Baseball, even though they just started airing some of the games this year on MLB Network, so it's getting more recognition, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I went to a game game, I'm not sure if it was a Winter League game, um, but I think it was um, minor league players at the end of their contracts uh, that were looking for scouts to discover them. And so they went like all across the United States, and they went to Japan, and they, they came over here. And I went to a game, and I would suggest never going to one of those games, because yeah, it's good to see professional ball players, especially when there's not a team in your town or your state. Yeah. But don't don't ever go to a baseball game with big league ball players and you're sitting behind home plate or you know like seven or eight feet, I mean seven or eight rows of, you know, behind home plate. Uh without a fall ball on that Oh no! Because you have to dodge so fast; it's not even funny, and it's pretty scary. So I just ended up leaving because you know I don't want to get beamed in the face and then end up dying. You know? Yeah, it's not worth it for one of those games. <laughs> Maybe you've got a big league and a ball comes at you, and it's from a real famous player, your favorite player, and you go all out to get it, and you get hurt. It'll probably be worth it. Yeah, there there was one, I think it was a it was an A's game. What happened was somebody hit a fall ball, but um, you know you know like the net is like three separate pieces. Yeah. It just so happened like this lady was sitting behind the um, the scene between the two nets, and somebody hit a fall ball, and it went straight through the two nets and hit her in the face. Ugh. You gotta tell me that's the nightmare. Yeah, I can't imagine. <laughs> I always say you gotta be prepared when you're in those good seats. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But anyways, Tim, stop distracting me with baseball. This isn't the baseball podcast. I know, I gotta keep working on that. I say it every time. I always distract you with something. It's either Star yeah, Wars, no. baseball. I'll find something else later to distract you on, though, tonight. <laughs> I guarantee it. Yeah, unfortunately. But I learned something very, very interesting today. Uh, my cousin, she lives in Egypt. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, she uh, she has a husband and they had a kid. And the kid is super into into Star Wars. It's just there's nice. no Star Wars in Egypt. And um, so every time he comes to America, you know, he, he has to constantly stockpile up, you know, Legos and action figures and all that kind of stuff, right? Uh-huh. So he can take it back to, 
to uh, Egypt. Uh, but what I didn't know was um, Egypt, they, they do get, um, you know, new movies when they come out, you know, in, in the U.S., but they only get them in 3D, if if it's a 3D or 2D picture. What? They only get 3D. Yeah, that's and lame. The, yeah, the movie theaters, they don't supply 3D goggles or glasses. So right. you either got to buy your own, which you can't find there, or you got to, like, I guess buy one off Amazon or, or you know, j- just look at blurry picture for two hours. <laughs> Man, I know, man. How was that even worth it? Yeah. It's like, man, I, I mean, I can't imagine going to see, you know, like, Man of Steel or something. And, uh, you know, I can just make it out. It's really blurry, but I can just make it out. They should call it the old uh, name Clark went by in Smallville, the blur. <laughs> That's what it would be without your 3D glasses. <laughs> blur. <laughs> But, um, Tim, why don't you give us a future topic for this episode? Yeah, so last time, or not last time, but two episodes ago, we were talking about all the Man of Steel rumors going on. But now, one of those rumors actually pretty much came true, and Wonder Woman is going to be in the Man of Steel sequel, Batman vs. Superman. Or is it going to be called Trinity now? Maybe Justice League? I don't know. <laughs> but one thing's for sure, they got to give us a title quote so we can know what to call this movie. Because I'm not sure if it's still going to be called Batman vs. Superman anymore now that Wonder Woman's got cast. So, uh, yeah, going to give our thoughts on what we think of Wonder Woman actually being in it and what we think of the actress playing her, Gal Gadot. So, Dane, what was your reaction when you found out Wonder Woman was going to be in the Man of Steel sequel or Batman vs. Superman, etc.? <laughs> honestly, honestly, uh, I was excited. You know, because, and I've said this before, but... We know Batman, we know Superman, we've seen him on screen, we've seen him on TV. Um, but Wonder Woman is that wild card. You, you know, they, they can do literally anything with her. They can pull from, you know, her entire backstory. They, I mean, they can cherry pick what they want to do with her. And it'll be the first time we see her on or in a movie. And, you know, in some... In a different sort of interpretation, yeah, we had the, um, the TV show back in, what, the 70s or 80s? 70s, yeah. 70s. But, I don't know, to to me, that series is so far removed from who Wonder Woman is. I mean, like, there, there, there's no depth to the character, and there's, and Wonder Woman is, a, is just one of those characters, just like Batman and Superman, that, you know... Her history and her, the whole point of her character runs so deep that I don't think that a TV show, even an episodic TV show, could do that. No, oh, yeah, she and, needs a movie without question. Yeah, she she needs a movie and and she needs to be in it in a big way. She can't just be, you know, the the one scene after the credits in a Marvel movie where oh my God, there's Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman's gonna be in the next movie. You know, she she has to be there in a big, bad way. N- not bad as in, oh my god, this characterization is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> in, a, <laughs> in a good way. So, yeah, I'm super excited that Wonder Woman's going to be in this movie because 
you know, they, they, they have this huge catalog of stories and characterizations of, of Wonder Woman. And if they can cherry pick her background, just like Christopher Nolan did with Batman, it's, it, it's, it's just going to be awesome. And I'm so excited to see what they do with her. Yeah, I was excited for it, too. I mean, there was those rumors going around before, and it kind of looked like she was going to be in it, but just the fact that to finally officially know that Wonder Woman is going to be on the big screen for the first time is pretty cool. And, yeah, I, I would say it probably would be cooler if she's getting her own movie, but if this is what we have to get or this is what she has to be in in order for her to get her own movie later on, I think it's still pretty good, I mean, to have her in a Batman Superman movie. If done right, it's going to be really cool. And I know there's talk going around and some concerns about, oh, this, this is being too many characters pushed into this movie. What exactly is this movie going to be? But I think if done right, and I have the confidence in David Goyer, Zack Snyder, to put her in this movie in a story that's going to work, because I love Man of Steel and obviously love the Dark Knight trilogy. So for me, anyway, these guys have a good track record with these characters. So I expect them to do the same thing with Wonder Woman. And like you said, instead of having it be in a TV show, because there's still talk about that, where there's talk about getting the show called, uh, was it Amazon or Paradise Island, something like that, where it's going to be a new Wonder Woman TV show that's going to be in development like next year or two years down the road. But I'm just glad they finally got to realize that it's going to be a movie that we're going to see Wonder Woman again, because like you said, she's too iconic just to have a TV show. And though the 70s one is so long ago, I mean, she needs to be seen by a general audience on in a movie, so... Just the fact that she's finally getting one, yeah, I'm excited like you. So maybe I want to know if I'm too concerned. Like I said, I'm really not concerned about having too many characters in there. But I'm just, I should say, curious as far as how she's going to fit into the overall story. I mean, the reports, rumors were that she's going to be Bruce Wayne's love interest um, in the movie. And is it going to be where she's keeping that a secret from Bruce? And then at the very end, she'll reveal that she's an Amazon and then she helps him fight whatever the villain's going to be, or does Bruce know she's an Amazon the whole time and they're working together to see what uh, Superman's all about. So I'm curious to see how they're going to play it and how she's going to be revealed for the first time in the DC Cinematic Universe now, because that's clearly what they're building towards and eventually Justice League. So, yeah, it's definitely exciting. I, this makes the, the wait even more longer for 2015. Just another reason to be excited for 2015 amongst other cool things coming out which I think you could probably guess what it is. <laughs> <laughs> what movie, Tim? Hmm. Jurassic Park 4, of course. Or Jurassic oh, yeah. World. Jurassic World. You know, I really want to see that movie. I really do. Uh, I'm definitely going to see it, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But there's I mean, another movie in December coming out that might catch my interest. I'm not sure yet. Uh, are they making another Twilight movie? There you go, yes. <laughs> oh, yes, my favorite my favorite series. I mean, th this whole Batman thing, I, I just make it up. <laughs> I'm really, <laughs> really a huge Twilight fan. So you have a secret Twilight podcast that you haven't told me about yet? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I um, I augment my voice to make it a higher pitch, so I sound like a girl. <laughs> so you'll never find it. Well, I will say you do a pretty good job of faking being a Batman fan. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, I know all these comics, these TV shows, you, you got to cover all your bases on this, you know, I mean, if you're really going to live in a closet, 
you gotta cover all your bases. You you can't just you know be like, oh yeah, uh, Dark Knight was a good movie. But but Tim, here's what I propose. I propose that we do. Now I, I haven't seen any of the movies. I've seen parts of the first one. Uh, waiting for my girlfriend at Walmart. Wow, really? <laughs> That's more than I've yeah. seen. <laughs> now, I'm sure there's literature or there's Wikipedia entries that we can go off of. But for one of our future topics, we should do a comparison between Twilight and Batman. Oh, man. The, <laughs> and, and, and see, see what they have in common. <laughs> well, the only thing I can think of right off the bat is that Batman has had some vampire stories, so <laughs> there's that. I think that's maybe probably about it. Or as much as I want to know and want to compare them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's not get on a Twilight tangent or <laughs> discussion, please. Yeah, it's probably for the better. <laughs> yes. But what did you think of the actress Gal Gadot, who's been cast as Wonder Woman? Because as usual... Dinner has gone crazy, and there's a lot of complaining about it. And I don't know why I'm so surprised by this, but I am. I guess I expect more from the comic book fan community about this, but they've been like this all the time, so I don't know why I'm surprised. But what's your take on it? Now, look, I mean, I haven't seen her in anything. I, I, I just watched the Fast and Furious 6 trailer, TV commercial trailer for the, for the Blu-ray, and she... The, the, there's like a scene with her, but it only lasts for a second, and she's holding two guns and she's not saying anything. Um, so I, I haven't really seen her in anything, you know. Uh, you and I, Tim, we went over her Wikipedia page. She apparently beats out a lot of actresses for roles, and she did it again for One Woman. So, so she must be a good actress. <laughs> she she has to be a good actress if she's beating out all these other actresses for roles. Yeah, sure, they're lesser movies, like the Fast and Furious movies, and, uh, was that other movie, Date Night? Date Night, or... Possibly. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, the only one, like you said, the only one she's really known for and that I know her of is Fast and the Furious, even though I haven't seen any of those movies, but when she got cast as Warner, that's the reference everyone gave, Fast and the Furious, Fast and the Furious. Yeah, but, you know, there's a reason why they casted her. And, you know, I, I'm not complaining. I kind of didn't think that she had the Wonder Woman look, you know, when it was first announced. But uh, as soon as that first fan-made um, picture of her, I guess a picture of her, just random picture of her with um, the Wonder Woman outfit on, that's what sold me. And I'm sure she's going to be good. I mean, she can't be any worse than uh, Katie Holmes, right? <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> Batman Begins. So, you know, I, I'm just excited, you know, to, to see her and to see Wonder Woman on the big screen finally. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, she doesn't look exactly like Wonder Woman in the comics, and maybe there's other actresses who look like more like I always thought Jamie Alexander, who was rumored to be up for the role kind of look more like Wonder Woman, especially in some of the armored she wore in Thor. She just had that Wonder Woman look. I don't think she looks bad or has a bad look for her either. I could probably definitely see her as Wonder Woman. So, but like you said, 
Zack Snyder had to cast her for a reason. I mean, she must have impressed him in some way. And, of course, in the press release, he says all that out. She's going to bring, like, a magical quality to the character that's going to be perfect. So he, he saw something. And I guess the Fast and the Furious is pretty much the only thing we have to base her acting performances on. But that character, whoever she played in those movies, um, is probably not going to be too much like how Warner Woman is going to be in this movie. They're probably going to be two drastically different performances. So if you're just basing it off those movies, that's probably not a good way to judge her acting performances because I think it's going to be totally different. So, right. yes, yeah, so overall, like, I'm excited like you are. I mean, I'm one of those people who doesn't really have uh, casting choices that I prefer, like, oh, I wanted this person to get it, or I really hope this person gets it beforehand. I always usually just wait and see who gets cast and then give my general reaction once it's announced. So I'm not really disappointed in that way because I never really had an actress in mind who I think would be the perfect Wonder Woman. So, yeah, like you, I can't wait to see what she's going to bring to the role. And then, like, I think I told you this when it first got announced, the day we finally see her in costume as Wonder Woman, and then seeing Ben Affleck in costume in the new bad suit, that's going to be awesome. I can't wait for that. <laughs> it's, when you think about it, it's not going to be too long, because they're going to start shooting early 2014. 2013 is almost over. And you know there's going to be some like leaked spy photos of them in costume. Maybe Warner Brothers will be smart like they did in Dark Knight Rises, and release like stills of the characters in costume beforehand, because they know when that third leaked photo is going to come out anyway, so maybe they'll do something like that, but I just can't wait to see them in costume. Yeah, and I wonder if this gives any uh, validity for the um, that whole Nightwing uh, rumor. Mm-hmm. Because, um, you know, before the announcement, I was like, oh, if she's in the movie, that's okay. It's going to be awesome. But if she's not in the movie, I can live without it. But I wonder if... Uh, Wonder Woman gives any kind of credibility to the Nightwing rumor. I will say this. I kind of hope this is it, because I think if you shoehorn Nightwing or Dick Grayson in there somehow, that's where it's going to get a little too crowded for me. I think this is where it's going to have to stop with these three main characters. Because this is supposed to be, first of all, a Man of Steel sequel, so technically it's supposed to be a Superman movie. Then you got Batman being in it. Oh, that's cool. They're going to fight and probably team up. That's going to make for a cool story. Then you have Wonder Woman in it, which is going to be cool to see the three of them together, but it just leaves you curious as far as how the story is going to be and what brings them all together. And then you got the rumor of Nightwing. like, okay, how's that going to be? Is that going to be some side plot point that's really not going to have mean too much in the overall grand scheme of things and not really until you get a solo Batman movie in the same universe? So I think they should really hold off on Nightwing and save him for the inevitable Ben Affleck solo Batman movie. I mean, I wouldn't mind hearing his name be brought up, but having someone cast and play him in a small role that probably won't amount to much, I think it would just be better to left to wait until the solo Batman movie. Here's what I'm hoping, Tim. Uh, there's been, uh, I'm not sure if it's confirmed or whatever, but um, as of right now, uh, December 11th, 2013, uh, that guy, oh, what's his name? Um Oh, uh, Jason Momoa. Yeah. Uh-huh. He's uh, supposedly trying out for a role. So he, yeah. here's what I think he's, who I think he's going to play. Or at least I'm holding on hope he's going to play. Classic man. <laughs> because y- you have these three heavy hitters, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. 
and uh, you kind of need, you know, some comic relief, some <laughs> oh, lesser character, you know? Even though Jason Momoa doesn't look anything like Plastic Man. I was going to say, have you seen this guy, how well-built he is? <laughs> <laughs> He's Hercules, man. I mean, not Hercules. Um, Conan. Conan, yeah. <laughs> Oh, man, that would be the ultimate <laughs> unsuspecting <laughs> casting announcement ever. No, but in, in all seriousness, um, I don't know how you feel about the, that whole Jason Momoa thing, but if he is if he's in the movie, I think he's not going to be a superhero and he's not going to be a villain, uh, a, a, you know, a big villain. He's going to be like that guy from Stargate. Uh, back when The Dark Knight Rises, um, or before The Dark Knight Rises came out, you remember that was announced, and yeah. you know, he was going to be a whatever, and everybody was excited for that. I, I think Jason Momoa is going to be one of those guys, like a big henchman kind of guy. Have you heard the main villain? Have you heard the rumor though that everyone thinks he's going to be Martian Manhunter? Uh, I actually haven't heard that. I've just been hearing Doomsday a lot, but. Because he's so big in size, maybe he'll be like the motion capture guy to play Doomsday, and then they'll make him CG later on. But cause yeah, but well, why would they get a lot. named? Why would they get a named actor? I mean, because Jason Moore has done the Conan thing. You know, he's done. Well, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's not that well known. Uh, Game of Thrones. He's done Game of Thrones. Okay. So, well, I mean, I guess. I guess so, because, I mean, you got Liam Neeson to play that lion in The Lion, which, and the war, or whatever. The that wardrobe movie. <laughs> yeah, the Narnia movie. Yeah, well, there's also that rumor, too, and actually, because I believe it was Variety that broke the news that Gal Gadot was cast as Wonder Woman, but in their story, they actually put, too, that it's pretty much a safe bet that Flash is going to be in it as well. And that's what just gets to the whole thing. Okay, what is this movie really going to be? First, it's supposed to be Batman and Superman. Now Wonder Woman's in it. But they say Flash is in it. Is this going to be really Justice League? Which I'm kind of hoping for. This is obviously a built-up or set-up to the DC Cinematic Universe and eventual Justice League movie. But if they want to plant these seeds, one thing I'm kind of hoping for, if they want to show these characters at least, just maybe at the end, once the main movie's wrapped up, maybe someone says a comment like, oh, you thought you were the only superpower being here, Clark, but there's others out there who are trying to do good and help people. And then we, we get like a montage of like maybe seeing Flash run around, maybe a shot of Aquaman, another Green Lantern, hopefully. And then it's kind of that's the way to set up everything without giving them any lines or having them tie into the story anyway. But it just shows you that they're there and they're, they're in this universe and it's going to lead up to the Justice League movie. Maybe if they could even set it up for an end credit sequence or something, but. If they want to show these characters, that's really all I hope it is, just kind of showing the people in the audience visually of what they can expect in a Justice League movie, not a main part in the actual Batman versus Superman movie. Yeah, but um, I I heard from a secret source that um, Jason Momoa is going to be playing Flash, but <laughs> he's a girl. <laughs> he's a girl Flash. Something we've never seen, and something uh, totally unexpected. So, Jason Momoa, Flash, uh, he's going to be uh, Barbara Allen. Barbara Allen? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Barbara Allen, or uh, Walena West. 
Cross Network. Wally. <laughs> I don't know any girl. Wendy, know, Wendy West. Wendy. Yeah, know. Wendy West. Wendy West. And, uh... <laughs> Mark it down as confirmed. <laughs> well, I, I do have sources, too. Close to the production. Of course. Everybody? I mean... Yeah. How can you be someone talking about this stuff and not have a source? I mean, come on. <laughs> but, no, but, but as for Flash, um, yeah, I, I'm with you. Like, I mean, you, you have Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, these storied characters, and then you're going to throw in Flash just for kicks at the end or, you know, after the credits. Yeah, that, that doesn't make too much sense, especially when – you're introducing a character like Flash. I mean, he, he's not Batman, Superman, or Wonder Woman, but, you know, he, he should have a grander entrance than, you know, a 15-second a, a clip at the end of the movie or after the credits. You know, he, he should maybe be in the next movie with Martian Manhunter and Green Lantern and, you know, all, all of these other characters. Yeah, and I'm kind of wondering, too, because there's always that talk that because – Barry Allen just got, uh, I shouldn't say revealed because he was revealed a while ago, but he made his first appearance on Arrow last week, which is a great episode. I mean, the guy, Grant Gustin, who played him, did a great job. Uh, just made me more anxious to see the actual Flash TV show that comes on next fall. But there's still that wonder, is Arrow and the new Flash show going to be part of the movie universe now? Are they going to use Grant Gustin to play Barry Allen in The Flash if he ever gets a movie, if they're going to do Justice League? Because it raises all those questions, too. And they haven't actually said no or yes to it. They just kind of said, oh, we really haven't talked about that at all. But it kind of makes me believe that maybe it's something they want to do. Maybe they're trying to work it out or at least attempt to work it out. So I'm kind of hoping they go that route because I could definitely see, at least Arrow anyway, play into that universe. So that's what gets me thinking, too. Because Warner Bros. is always that type, too, who doesn't want to put two different actors of the same character on movie or TV, because that's what held Batman up for being in Smallville and other stuff, because they think people would get confused. So they still think that, and they really want a Flash movie or Flash to be in Justice League. They'll just use Grant Gustin, who is going to be in the TV show. Yeah, I'm still not sold on Arrow yet. I mean, it's in my Netflix queue. Still haven't hit play? (laughs) Yeah. I still haven't hit play on one episode yet because I'm just so afraid that it's going to – like I was telling you, Tim, I'm so afraid it's going to be uh, like The Office where it was, will they, won't they get together? I mean, they're the perfect match for each other, but they're not going to get together. They're they're going to take five seasons to get, to get together. And to me, that just brings the show down. I mean, it, you see it in Smallville. Um in the pilot episode where, you know, yeah. <laughs> Clark, Clark gets taken down from the um, the scarecrow or whatever. He goes back home to his to his room and he plays a song, sad love song, and uh, Lana shows up and they dance together like they said they would. And then it all turns out to be an illusion. That was where Dane said no to Smallville. <laughs> <laughs> I will say. Yeah, it's it, it's really cool to see Superman, uh, or sorry, Clark Kent, on a TV show, especially one that lasted that long. But, ugh, 
<laughs> I'm just so sick of that. Will they, won't they get together? They're so cute together. They make a cute couple. Why don't they just get together? And that just brings the showdown to, for me, especially in, in such a specific sort of um, genre, like a superhero television show. To me, that that sort of thing just brings the show down because you just want to get that 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 crap out of the way so you can see Superman fight Doomsday, you know? Yeah. Well, it's understandable because Smallville did that a lot. Yeah, it <laughs> did get annoying. <laughs> Arrow does a much better job of it, though. There's maybe a little bit of that going on in, like, the early episodes and a little bit to season one, but not on the same level as Smallville. There's a lot bigger things going on for him to worry about who his girlfriend's going to be for <laughs> the next season or whatever. So, I mean, at least it's not a CW show but it doesn't have a little of that, so there is, but the rest of it's so much better. Well done. Yeah, it's funny. It's like, oh, man. Lex Luthor is building a, a neutron bomb, but... Man, I just can't get over Lana. It's like, <laughs> but Lex Luthor's building a bomb that's going to blow up the entire world. You can't worry about Lana right now. <laughs> Don't underestimate true love, Dean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, I'm a huge, huge fan of Twilight, so I, I understand. You know, th- that's just part of my cover for my Twilight fan. I see. But yeah, so a lot to be excited about. But again, like I said earlier, I still had, still irks me sometimes seeing the internet and fan reaction when it comes to these casting announcements. And it always seems to be just on DC too. <laughs> like whenever you hear like a Marvel new casting announcement, oh, that's cool, that's awesome, they're perfect. Whenever DC announces something, oh, it's terrible, it's going to be awful. Why are they doing this? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I mean, if you're a fan of these characters and this genre. I just think you should at least be excited that a movie is coming. You're going to see these characters together for the first time. And, yeah, you may have some concerns, but let's save on fully telling your opinion that, oh, it's awful, it's not going to be good, until you actually see the movie. That's kind of what gets me. I mean, I just don't – I just wish people would be more excited about it to seeing these great characters on the screen for the first time and then just wait and see how it turns out. Maybe you won't like it, which that's fine. Maybe you'll love it. Just kind of hold off until you actually see it. I wish we get more of that on the internet instead of, oh, this is awful, terrible, not going to see it. She's awful. Just give it a chance first. (laughs) Well, Tim, uh, I'll say this. We're not guaranteed a movie. I mean, yeah, they're going into production early next year, but we're we're not guaranteed a movie. Things could go askew really fast. We're not guaranteed anything in life except for death and taxes. But there's a third thing that people will complain about casting choices and casting decisions on the internet for DC movies. That is it definitely seems that way. That is it is a guarantee in life, yes. <laughs> I just wish it would change, but I know it won't. But what can you do? Except try to spread more positivity around it. Which Yeah, I mean I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, e- even if let's say we did see Gal Gadot in a movie, in several movies, and you know she wasn't a good actress, she didn't have that Wonder Woman look. Uh, I, I don't think I would be so mad that I would type out a long post on the inter- on some forum about why she's the wrong casting choice or 
I wouldn't waste a second of my time writing on Twitter why she's a bad choice or complaining on this podcast why she's a bad choice. You know, it's just, I don't know, these people are just so sensitive about, you know, (laughs) who they want to be cast. Like, like let's say you wanted Natalie Portman cast. You really wanted her cast for some reason. And Gal Gadot gets cast, right? You're going to be mad for some dumb reason, even though you had no choice on who would would get cast, right? And you haven't even seen it yet. So that's what yeah. gets me. I mean, you don't know. I mean, like, the example we always give, Heath Ledger. Remember all the hate that got, and then this is turned into a legendary performance, though. So. You just never know with these casting choices. I will admit, though, that I did doubt Christian Bale as Bruce. I, di- I did doubt it. Yeah, I, mean, I saw the movie. Before, right? Yeah, that was like the one thing I loved at the first second I heard it, and I was all, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It's like Bruce Wayne. But Heath Ledger, yeah, I was one of those skeptics, unfortunately. <laughs> um, I hate to say it, but... So I, Heath Ledger... Yeah. <laughs> I can't pretend I was one of those, oh, I always knew he was going to do a great job. He's a great actor. No. <laughs> but, um, you know, speaking of the Joker, um, you know Mark Hamill plays, or he, he puts on a British accent for the voice of the Joker. British accent? I don't hear a British accent. Yeah, it's kind of a British accent. Um, uh, Troy Baker also does it in Arkham Origins. Just a little bit. I don't know, I, never, I don't hear it. Really, you don't? No. Oh. Maybe it's just me, but, but just hear me out. Like, I've never imagined Joker as a British person. I mean, that that kind of changes everything that Scott Snyder is doing with, or did with the, uh, the Zero Year. And, you know, what Grant, I mean, not Grant Morrison, uh, Alan Moore did with uh, The Killing Joke and everything that's come before that because, you know, Joker was based in America. You know, uh, I, I think it'll just change, like, his whole thing if you really think about it. Yeah, see, uh, to me, I don't think that's a really a big deal <laughs> if he was. I mean, on the last episode, Terrence and Rob were talking about the most. UK influence on Batman and all the different creators of the storyline, the characters yeah. they had. But for me, yeah, the, the Joker was somewhat British. I don't see how it would change this character that much, really. I mean, he'd still be a crazy psychopath. He just happened to come from another country. Okay, fine. Screw you, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just me. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's safe to say we're both excited and happy with Wonder Woman being in the Man of Steel sequel, Batman vs. Superman, and that Gal Gadot was going to play the part. So we're anxiously waiting to see how it all turns out. Yep. Yep. Definitely. And pretty soon um, we'll be able to say, oh, it's just a year away now that we're almost in 2014. I know. I hate this freaking waiting. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it. You know, this 2015, 2015, and, you know, I mean, especially, like, during the middle of the year, and it's like, ugh. Yeah, <laughs> this year is never going to be over, and I got a whole another year plus a couple of months to wait for this movie, especially the Star Wars movie. It's like, oh, I just want to see it. I just want to see it the, the year. <laughs> I know. So I got to wait two years, two years for <laughs> for a movie, but oh, it's coming soon, Tim. It's coming it'll, soon. It'll go by fast. <laughs> 
I will say too that 2014 is looking pretty good for movies because even when this I mean, last week when this announcement got made about Wonder Woman, that was like a tons of great announcements and like a great week for comic book movies and TV shows. You got the announcement of Wonder Woman, the Amazing Spider-Man 2 trailer came out, which I think looks awesome. I can't wait for that. And later that week, we got the announcement that X-Men Apocalypse is coming out in 2016, which Apocalypse has been one of my favorite X-Men villains. And to see him brought to life on in live action, i just really curious to see how he's going to look because he has a potential to be really awesome. And then, like I said before, uh, Barry Allen made his debut on Arrow. So just a great week for superheroes last week for movies and TV shows. This week's been a little slow, nothing too big or crazy to announce. I think that only one was that rumor you mentioned was uh, the guy who played Conan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. But anyway. Oh, did you have... We shall play the waiting game. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be depressed until my butt is in an actual theater <laughs> watching Batman vs. Superman or Star Wars or even Jurassic World. Yeah, they're all in that year, so you got nothing to look forward to in 2014, it sounds like. <laughs> At least I got gonna, stuff. <laughs> yeah, 2014 is just going to be a depressed year for me. I'm just going to be down and be like, hey, everybody, this is the Batfans podcast. Still waiting. <laughs> for Still <2015. waiting. laughs> But you will have Star Wars Rebels to watch on the TV show. Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. But uh, Jurassic World... I I really want to see what they're going to do with that. Me too. Because, I yeah, I mean, is it literally a Jurassic World? I know. It has to be called that for a reason. Yeah. But, uh, i got to play the waiting game, unfortunately. At least two in 2014 will get trailers for all these movies, so that'll help speed things along. That <laughs> <laughs> we can watch over and over and over. Yep. But anyway, yes, another thing we have to look forward to in 2014, as far as TV shows, is that Gotham TV show, which is going to star Commissioner Gordon as the main character. Oh, yeah, you're right. But we did get some news regarding some other casting announcements about this um, late last week, where there's been like a casting call that went out for uh, 10-year-old boys for series regulars, and that can pretty much mean only one thing, <laughs> really that they're looking for a young Bruce Wayne to be in the show as a regular. Now, I'm kind of mixed on this. I don't know. How, do you, how, how does anybody presume that? I mean, it, it, it makes sense. It makes sense, but, like, what, why would you just automatically think that? Like, like, come on, who else are they going to use? Why would, they else, why would they have a 10-year-old boy who's not Bruce Wayne? It's be Bullock. stupid. They're not, casting for Bullock. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's what everyone wants to see, the young years of Detective Bullock to see how it became Detective we all know and love. Or even a young Gordon, uh, Commissioner Gordon. Uh, or James Jr. Or Babs. Well, you know what? Babs isn't a girl anymore. <laughs> That's interesting now that you said that, James Jr. That makes sense, actually. I don't know. That never popped into my head when I read this, but... Well, Tim, I kind of heard that from a confidential source, so I would appreciate it if you didn't, if you didn't <laughs> okay. uh, spread that. I apologize. But anyway, I believe in the story. It does actually name Bruce Wayne in it. So I, I don't think it was speculation. I think it did say Bruce Wayne. Right. But that James Gordon Jr. thing is interesting. But anyway. Yeah, but, but Bruce Wayne, if 
when he is going to be in it, I'm kind of mixed on it because if he's, I don't see him as a regular. I really don't see how that's going to work. I mean, if he's in the first episode, yeah, I could totally see that working. That's going to be awesome where Gordon's first case is the Wayne murders and he interacts with a young Bruce. But how much really could a 10-year-old Bruce be in a show that's supposed to be about Jim Gordon? Is he going to be like his kind of sidekick who helps him out on the side some way? I really kind of don't want to see too much of that. No, yeah, yeah no way, because I, I don't want that whole thing where it's like, you know, uh, you have this uh, detective guy, this tough, hard detective guy, and then, you know, his lovable partner, 10-year-old Bruce Wayne, yeah. who helps out with crimes and solves crimes. But, but yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I don't see how they could use a young Bruce Wayne to their advantage in a show like that, especially when it's supposed to be about, uh, you know, Batman villains or, you know, the early versions of Batman villains and, you know, hopefully, like, murders and bank robberies and all that kind of stuff. I, I just don't see how they could use him in any way, except for, like you said, the the, Wayne, the, the Wayne's getting murdered. Yeah, maybe, maybe, uh, I said maybe too many times there. <laughs> maybe they're just going to use him as a main character for the first season, or, like, maybe the main plot for the whole season is Gordon investigating the Wayne murders, and he does have to visit Bruce from time to time, and that's why he's going to be technically a series regular, but won't be in every single episode. And maybe once the yeah. first season is done, they'll kind of go on to something else, and he won't be in it as much. Yeah, but why would they? Why would Gordon need to keep on visiting him to catch Joe Chill? Yeah, maybe to get more information. Maybe they'll do something with Snyder did in the Court of Owls, where maybe there's that rumor that there's this secret society in Gotham, and maybe they have something to do with it, and they kind of adapt that issue where Bruce kind of goes looking for their hideout, and he gets trapped in there for a few days. Gordon yeah. goes and rescues them, something like that. I could see happening, but too much of that, I don't see it working. It'll be cool to see little stories of that here and there, but right. like we said, as a regular, it's going to be hard to pull off for me anyway. Or what they could do is like, uh, you know how in the Clone Wars, um, you know, there's Anakin, Ahsoka, and Obi Wan, mm-hmm. and you know they have a big, you know, overarching three-part story, and then. You know, like the next arc is something that has nothing to do with the three main characters, yeah, or the, or even the Jedi Council. I can kind of see it like that, where you know you have the Commissioner Gordon thing looking for um, a murder suspect and finding the murder suspect and whatever, and then you have an arc in in a season where it's Bruce Bruce's day to day life after his parents got murdered, or you know. Like you said, that whole Court of Owls thing. Yeah, if it's a short arc, like the first few episodes, I'm perfectly fine with that. That'd be actually pretty cool, yeah. Um, that was something I'd actually hope for, but just, but in that story, I just kept saying that it's like a series regular, which kind of gets me thinking that they wanted more than just two or three episodes. So, yeah, I don't know. Let's have to wait and see. But I'm still excited for it. I think it has potential to be really cool. No, Tim, it sucks now. That's what you have to say. Oh, that's right. i got to be like the Internet, <laughs> the people on the voicing my uh, negative opinion. It sucks now, and the whole series will suck now. Forever. <laughs> Forever <laughs> and ever. <laughs> but moving on, I will say something that I'm not too happy about or kind of 
concern. Again, I don't want to flat out say I hate it and it won't be good, but just yesterday uh, we got the news from Scott Snyder actually in a tweet that um, I was kind of confused when I first read it because I'm like, Batman 28 is being pushed back, but 29 is coming before it or something. But in actuality, Batman 28, which is supposed to be the final part of his second part of Zero Year, Dark City, is the conclusion of that. But he needed more time for it, so they're going to make that issue number 29. So issue 28 is going to be kind of like a flash-forward uh, issue, which is going to take place like after the events of uh, Forever Evil. But then the interesting part is that picture that got tweeted of a Dustin Nguyen concept drawing of someone of a new hero possibly whose armor and mass looks kind of similar to Nightwing <laughs> and there's a female and people are guessing that it's Harper Row and the general consensus is that is Harper Row going to be the new Nightwing which uh, I don't know <laughs> really really Jim you, you don't like Harper Row no I do but I have more of a problem with Dick not being Nightwing anymore that's the problem I have. Dick goes back to being Robin. That's why. <laughs> yeah, I highly doubt that. And I have to say, I mean, this is just concept drawing, so I'm not too crazy about her design either. I mean, the mask looks cool, the armor looks cool. I just don't like her haircut, really, like the mohawk style. <laughs> like trying to be too punk or something, but... Yeah. When did you become a fashion stylist? I know, right? <laughs> you're you're kind of like the guys that complained when uh, Amy Adams was cast that yeah. she has red hair. <laughs> Who cares? No, no I know. I saw that way. I, I, I can, it just didn't, yeah, I, when I first saw it, I was like, uh, I don't know. I just didn't really grab me something that I think looked pretty cool. Yeah, I can kind of see where you're coming from. But, I mean, it, if this rumor is true that she is going to be Nightwing, then – I mean, first off, that it is Harper Row, and she is going to be Nightwing. I can kind of, I can kind of see her being, or, or filling that sort of void that Stephanie Brown left for me, because she kind of has the attitude. She has, she comes off that way, and if she's written the correct way, and I mean, let's say Kyle Higgins stays on the book, and. Uh, Harper Row is Nightwing. Nightwing could be one of my favorite books because, I mean, I know we're kind of comparing two different people, but oh god, I, I hope she's Nightwing or Robin or whoever, and uh, we we get a little more of her because out of all the characters that Scott Snyder has introduced, besides uh, James Gordon. I think Harper Row is probably my second favorite character. Yeah, she's one of the better ones for sure. Now, I'm actually kind of surprised. Oh, here we go again. I'm saying I'm surprised by this, but I thought the general uh, Batman comic book fans, the general consensus was that Harper Row is a great character and her issues have been really good to read and she has a good story going on. But I saw a lot of tweets saying, oh, I can't believe Harper Row was going to be uh, rumored to be Nightwing. I wish she would just go away. Never liked her from the start. Like, really? I mean, of course there's going to be haters out there, but I saw more than I thought there would be, which kind of caught me by surprise. Because all the people I interact with always thought she was a great character. And I agree, but like I said before, the main thing I have a problem with is where's Dick or why is 
Dick not going to be Nightwing? Is he going to be killed off, which I really hope not, but if he's not killed off, why would he abandon the title of Nightwing? Something's going to happen forever in Forever Evil. So it's like, uh, again, this isn't she isn't confirmed to be Nightwing. This is an image that got teased, and everyone's kind of assuming that because the costume <laughs> yeah. is pretty similar. I will say, too, it's good to have the blue back instead of the red. <laughs> <laughs> I like the red. I really do. I, 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 I think blue is right. kind of... Yeah, I think blue's kind of out of style already. What? But <laughs> blue is never out of style. Yeah. Well, Rex is blue, so the best lightsaber color is blue. So therefore, blue is the best. No, color. it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. <laughs> it's green, Tim. No. Green is the best color. Obi Wan had a blue lightsaber in Episode One. Darth Maul kicked it off. He had the chance to build a new lightsaber. What color did he make it? Blue. You make it green. It's because, it's because he has no creativity. <laughs> See, Luke had some creativity. It's like, oh, I could go with the blue, but uh, I want to be original, even though I'm the only Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go with green. I was actually worried when Episode 2 came out, because I knew Obi-Wan Ivy had a new lightsaber. And, like, one of the first images I saw was an image where he had a green lightsaber, like, oh, no, he's going to have a green one. No, he has to have blue. He had it in episode one. He has it in episode four. He has to have it be blue throughout his whole Jedi career. <laughs> but was, thankfully, he had a blue all the way through Attack of the Clones. So I was happy. <laughs> but that was a legitimate concern I had. <laughs> <laughs> or you can even be more, more and more original, more original than any other character, and uh, have a purple lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one guy in the galaxy who has that, and he's, I don't think he's going to share his uh, crystal for it. <laughs> he's not going to tell us where he got it. I just, you know, cut it in half. I mean, you don't need the whole crystal, do you? Do you? Well, the crystals are pretty small anyway. Uh, just, you know, y- use the force to cut it. <laughs> <laughs> Use another lightsaber to cut it with the force. <laughs> Those kyber crystals are very rare and valuable. Yes, they are, too. Unless you know the location of the planet Ilum, which is where the Jedis go to get their kyber crystals and build their lightsabers. I know where the planet Ilum is. Then are you going to go get it? <laughs> go and get some crystals? <laughs> if you do, bring me back a blue one. <laughs> no, no, no. The coolest lightsaber, in my opinion, has to be either Count Dooku's or um, Savage's or uh, a Darth or Darth Maul Darth Maul slash Previsla's ancient lightsaber. Yeah, that is a cool one, the dark saber. Yeah, yeah, those look cool. Yeah, but still, Obi Wan's Episode One lightsaber is the best. Case closed. No, 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 Tim. I mean, Dooku has the curved handle. How can you go wrong with that? He, he's the only Jedi with the curved handle. Yeah, I mean, not Jedi, but Sith. <laughs> if you knew how many toys I got in the episode one Obi Wan lightsabers back in 1999 when the movie first came out, <laughs> ones that the electronic ones. Regular plastic ones that go inside the handle, so I can carry it on my belt buckle or something. <laughs> I, I think I had five different versions of his lightsaber. <laughs> my God, Tim! 
you truly are an Obi Wan fan. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, we got all of this because I was happy Harper Row was gonna have a blue outfit as Nightwing. If this is true. <laughs> That's why she's going to go uh, back to red. <laughs> or no, she'll be green now. <laughs> or or even better, like hot pink. <laughs> she won't blend into darkness too well with hot pink. Yes, she will. And she'll be easily spotted by criminals that she's trying to sneak up on. No, she won't. Just cover the, the, the uh, hot pink. And what purpose does it serve if you can't show it off? So she looks cool. She can yeah, but, she has, but she has to cover it and hide it so she can not be seen. What's the point? <laughs> well, sorry, Tim, but Batman <laughs> had a big yellow symbol on his chest for like 20 years. <laughs> well, his cape can cover that sometimes when he needs to sneak around. Okay, so Harper Roll carries around a cape, a big cape. What if, she cape covers her... <laughs> what if that's their cape color is the hot pink? No, it's not as black. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the character that's got to be in this new comic story. <laughs> and she she has a purple lightsaber for no apparent reason. <laughs> yeah, they uh, they have that technology in Harper Rose Nightwing. <laughs> well, she does look like a concept drawing a big old gun, but I don't see how that's going to work with Batman. <laughs> I mean, if she's planning on teaming up with him at all, I don't see how going to go with that. Maybe it's just a bat grapple, like a really big one, like a rifle-style bat grapple. <laughs> it's collapsible, you know. You, you can make it into a small little square. <laughs> when you need it, you just pull it out, and, you know, you're set. A lot of work for just a grapple. <laughs> trying to escape somewhere, just to put it all together. <laughs> or if you're falling. Yeah, you'll hit the ground before the time it's ready. <laughs> but anyway. So, yeah. I'm just more worried about Dick Grayson's fate than I am Harper Road taking over the mantle of Nightwing, so we'll see where it goes. Here's what happens. I got it from Confidential Source again. Uh, the same one who told you about your other scoop? Yep. Yep. Uh, here's what's going to happen to Dick. Dick is going to survive this whole forever evil thing, and he's going to propose to uh, Barbara, but... Barbara's going to say no, even though she still loves him. And it's going to be on on again, off again, or will they, won't they get together. <laughs> Love relationship uh, for like the next seven years. And then uh, they're going to have uh, the wedding. And, uh, oh wait, uh, Dick is going to die. He's going to get killed by um, uh, Doomsday. <laughs> And uh, they're all going to be sad. And then they're going to make a lot of clones of Superman. Oh, man. Oh, I thought you were going to say clones of Dick. Oh, oh, yeah, sorry. Clones of Dick. And uh, the real Dick is going to come back to life and kill all the clones. How does that sound? <laughs> Sounds like you got a great year-long event coming up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you'll make it through the will-they-won't-they they relationship between Dick and Barbara. <laughs> yeah. But um, <laughs> it's funny. I was reading something about um, Superman getting married. Uh-huh. You know, like like everybody knows. Obviously, the the Superman sales were in the toilet uh, back when uh, the death of Superman happened. That's why they did it, right? Um, Pretty much. Yeah. So 
they planned on marrying Lois and Clark, but they wanted to wait for the TV show Lois and Clark to do it. Uh, that's right. And then so they, they do the whole death of Superman, funeral for a friend, and the rebirth thing. And then uh, they, fin- they finally get married in the show. And then DC Comics puts out their marriage issue of Superman, and it, it uh, tanks. So if that proves anything, Tim, what does that prove, Tim? Is that Barbara and Dick are going to get married in the future? <laughs> <laughs> it proves that that kind of crap doesn't work. Which is why they're going to get married in the future. <laughs> Before there's marriage, I want to know how Barbara started walking. He, walking again. <laughs> that would be we nice. were promised. <laughs> you know, we were promised that like a year after the new 52 launch, but we still haven't seen it. <laughs> Years later. <laughs> And what else I heard today, too, was that, because uh, you know about the new weekly series starting next year uh, for Batman? They're now been having another uh, weekly series going on. Like, oh, man, this is going to be too much. And it's supposed to, yeah. it's not just going to be about Batman Beyond, but Batman Beyond is going to take place in that. So it's going to be part of the new 52 universe now, which I hope it's not going to tie into the current Batman Beyond stories that are going on now with Kyle Higgins which I really need to catch up on, <laughs> unfortunately. Because I just love how that mainly tied into the animated universe. And then now it's going to go in the new 52. I hope it's not going to be in the same universe as that, because just leave that alone. It's fitting perfectly for what Kyle Higgins is doing and tying into the animated series. They want to bring back well, and beyond well, the new also, 52, just do something different. Don't mention anything that's going on in the digital comic series right now. So, so you're afraid that, um, you know, it... it if the uh, um, the Batman Beyond is part of the New Fifty Two, it's gonna have to conform to the the New Fifty Two continuities code. Exactly. And yeah. It won't be so close to the animated series, which you want, and it'll be more. I don't know, disfigured. Yeah, it'll be too. <laughs> I'm afraid there'll be yeah. too many contradictions with each other. Where Kyle Higgins wants to base it more off on animated series storylines, but yet this new thing is gonna be based on the new 52 stuff. So I just worried that it's going to be a lot more contradictions and good storylines that we're going to get. So I'm just hoping yeah. it doesn't affect Yeah, and, and and that's the fear I had with um, with Batwoman. You know, because Batwoman, when Jage Williams and uh, Hayden Blackman were on that book, it was, like, totally separate from the, the new 52 Batman universe. And... You know, if her name wasn't Batwoman, it could have been a totally different character. And I guess now with the, this new writer, what they're doing is they're trying to get Batwoman closer to the Batman universe. And uh, it just... Well, that's the book we don't talk about anymore. We don't talk. We don't announce any news for it or anything. So I was going to say, if you happen to read the new, the latest issue with the new writers at all, or if you just didn't want to attempt it because it's Hayden Blackman's run is over and let's just leave it at that and now it'd be close with that last issue yeah. that they did. Yeah, for me, that woman ended on issue twenty four, twenty five. So yeah. Uh, that book doesn't exist to me. <laughs> I shall not mention it. But that new Yes. That's the one way to get you 
get yourself kicked off the show if you mention Batwoman. <laughs> now I know. <laughs> but that new weekly series is going to be called uh, Future Zen, or the new 52 Future Zen. They have some good writers attached to Jeff Lemire and Brian Azzarello, who, kind of like you were saying with the early Batwoman stuff, how that was its own thing. What Brian Azzarello is doing with his Wonder Woman series is pretty much like that, and it's been awesome. Probably one of the better New 52 titles out there, because it's just its own thing. You really don't hear any mentions of any other superheroes. It's just Wonder Woman focusing on her story, which, again, yeah, only yeah, that it, Batman it, Beyond it, is still going to be. Is it that good, though? I mean, yeah, I, I've been hearing a lot. I've been hearing a lot about it. It's like of, not, a lot of it has to do with the Greek mythology stuff and the Greek gods and how one Omen ties to that, which oh, is making for some cool stories. And like I said, it's just great that it's focuses on focusing on that and none of the other stuff that's going on in DC. Like you wouldn't even know if she's part of the Justice League or that she's in a relationship with Superman or anything. It's all very self-contained. Oh, that's good. Yeah. You know what? I'm gonna pick that book up. It's highly recommended, yes. Oh, and you've read it? Yeah, it's like like I said, one of the few 52 titles I've stuck with since issue number one. And, and it's good throughout the entire run? Yeah, pretty much. It's a really long arc. I mean, there's different endpoints oh, to good. the arcs, but it's like what was established in issue number one is still going on right now. Yeah, that's how Bad Woman was. I mean, they, they took the... Um, I mean, it, they took 22 issues to tell uh, the story that they be, they they began in uh, uh, issue one, and you know, it, in that format, that gives you enough time uh, to let your story breathe and to let your story sit, rather than you know just having it flash flash at people's eyes and you know people don't retain it and. You know, with the longer format, it just gives your story more time to breathe, more time for you to tell that story, and for your readers to connect that story. So, I'm just a huge fan of that sort of long storytelling, you know, and, and it sounds like that's what Wonder Woman is. It's long for, format storytelling that takes its time to tell each and every step of the story, right? Yeah, it's exactly like that. Like no. you said, it yeah. makes for a better story because you don't have to worry about all these tie-ins and when there's a big yeah. event going on, it has to have the tie-in issue. Wonder Woman has none of that. I mean, it, during the, the zero or the zero issue stuff, they told about kind of her early event. Like one issue told about her training as an early in her life as an Amazon. That was cool. But again, didn't it ties into the main story that was going on there too, so it all fit together perfectly. That's good. So you recommended to me Wonder Woman, and I will recommend to you Bad Woman. Because <laughs> <laughs> yes. you've been trying for that, or you've been saying that for a while now, though. Yeah. <laughs> I still only issue one. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Some things are just too awesome for you, Tim. I guess I'm not cool enough for it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Is, is that all the news we have? Yeah, that's about it. All right. So uh, we can get into our conversation with Alex. And Alex, we love you, man. We love you with all our heart, but not gay. In a gay way. No. <laughs> right, so. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
glad you backed me up on that. Uh, so, since we're recording this actually a few days in our normal recording time, yeah, we haven't gotten an email for Alex, which is understandable. We won't. Oh, no, say no, no, I, I, I did. <laughs> I did. I I got an email from Alex. You did so. You just yeah. got to forward it to me. Uh, I see how it is. Oh yeah, my <laughs> bad. But but hey. It'll be a surprise. There It'll be go. a very, very nice surprise. So, uh, he begins things with saying, Hey, bad fans. Without Pansy. <laughs> bad fancy without Pansy. Nice. <laughs> you guys don't understand that because you guys haven't heard the episode yet, but it's pretty funny. That's what we're call- that That's our new name. Bad Fancy without Pansy. <laughs> that's such a nicer way to it. <laughs> uh, he says, Awesome episode as always. I will answer that for Rob and Terrence by saying thank you, Alex. Uh, very interesting topic as well. The only thing I know about Doctor Who is there's some guy named David Tennant, and yep, that's it. So, yes, I also know that there's somebody named David Tennant, and he also did a voice on the Clone Wars, which is awesome. He sure did. The droid Who Yang. <laughs> um, he goes on to say that he's... He's starting to get worried with the announcement of the new heroes in the upcoming Man of Steel sequel. When Batman was first announced, I was hoping he would only make a cameo appearance, but that's obviously not the case. I love the most most intimate stories. (laughs) I love the more intimate stories, and as much as I love Batman, I wish Superman would get a movie where he and his universe can develop more first. So, what do you think about that, Tim? Yeah, I definitely understand that. I I was kind of hoping for the same thing, too. But at the same time, I still can't help but not be excited for having Batman and Superman in a movie and now Wonder Woman like we talked about. But I definitely get that uh, worry or complaint about it, how Superman had an awesome first movie, Man of Steel, but now he won't get a second sequel on his own, which is a little disappointing, but again, I'm still super excited for what we're going to get pretty soon. Right. Um, but he has a couple questions for us, like he always does, Tim. I don't know how he comes up with these things. He just, he's like a question machine. He should be like the host of uh, Late Night. <laughs> you just, I mean, especially when you're interviewing somebody crappy, like just some flavor of the week that has nothing to say. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, yeah, I love my new project. It's called this and this. I play a a Russian arms dealer and yada, yada, yada. You know, it's like, oh, okay. But I'm not seeing that or following your career. <laughs> but Alex would still have good questions for him. Yes, he would. <laughs> but uh, his questions for us, Tim, is uh, what is your favorite Batman universe series outside of Batman and, and Detective Comics? I've just started reading issues of the Uncollected Legends of the Dark Knight from the 90s, and I'm in heaven. He's in heaven, Tim. That must be a really great series. <laughs> I've gotten yeah. a few of those, but not too much. Not good, yeah, like you said in the 90s. Hopefully heaven has some good uh, ice cream. <laughs> you think it would. Yeah, I mean... It's heaven. But um, he says, uh, 
I'm shocked at how dark the stories are. It's like an R-rated Batman, the animated series. Anyways, right now I'm going to go with the new Teen Titans series because of Dick Grayson's involvement. It's tough choosing. I think the Red Robin series deserve more credit. It was my favorite thing to come out of Morrison's run. Hold on, I lost my place. Is there an ambulance coming or something? <laughs> no, no. I, I read your question, Tim. Or did he write long pause in there? <laughs> and you're just following that. Hey, I gotta follow the script, right? <laughs> I, now I have to look long, longly at the window and think about my depression. <laughs> so that's what I'm doing. <laughs> I need to tell you the exact shape of the shadows on the floor that's cast by the chair that uh, I my lover once sat in. Wow, this is going to be a long conversation with Alex. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, his question was, uh, what is your favorite Batman Universe series outside of Batman and Detective Comics? Yeah, I'm probably going to have to go with Nightwing. I mean, there has been some issues that haven't been the greatest, but overall I've really enjoyed Kyle Higgins' run. His first arc was really cool, put the circus, and then um, there were a few fillers after that, but I liked what he did for the most part with the Chicago storyline. I thought the ending was a little lackluster with Tony Zuko, but overall I, I thought it was good. So that brings back the point again, what's going to happen with Dick Grayson after Forever Evil's over? <laughs> I mean, we'll find out, but I'll, I'll go with Nightwing. I'm going to say, besides Bafflement, of course, I'm going to say, um, oh, and uh, Brian Q. Miller's Batgirl, because those are my two favorite. Uh, besides those two, I'm probably going to say Streets of Gotham. I really like the first, like, 11 issues of that series. I love Paul Dini, and I loved Dustin Nguyen's art. And to me, that was one of the books that I look forward to every month, just like yeah. Batgirl was before the New 52. I, I, I love that book, even though, it, you know, as the end came, as the New 52 came, it kind of dropped off a bit of quality, and, you know, it, it wasn't so much Paul Dini. Uh, I love that series. And even the backups were great in that book. So, yeah, I'm probably going to pick uh, Streets of Gotham. I would also say, too, I was between Nightwing and uh, The Dark Knight, the new 52, but like <laughs> I mentioned before, those early issues with Greg Hurwitz as a uh, – not Greg Hurwitz, he's a current writer. David Finch as the writer, those were oh, pretty God. rough. So <laughs> that's why I went with Nightwing over The Dark Knight. Rough, Tim. That was a plane crash. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that that's more accurate, yeah. <laughs> and and also I would I would I'd probably say uh like you Alex, Red Robin. Yeah, sure, ev not every story was a knockout favorite, but again, maybe it's nostalgia even though it, it was only 2 years ago that we had that book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I miss it. I, I miss reading uh, reading about Tim every day, yeah, or he, every month. He needs his own book series again. He really does. Get him out yeah, of Yeah, seriously, Titans. he does. Yeah, just forget about Teen Titans. Just give him his own book. I mean, 
Batgirl has her own book, and you've done essentially nothing with her. So why can't Tim Tim Drake have a book? But um, he he goes on to to ask another question, Tim. Oh, In fact, there's three questions. Um, he says, "What's your pitch for the next Batman Universe crossover?" And you know what? My answer is really quick. Um, get me interested in it. Stop, <laughs> stop it with this. <laughs> stop it with this. Um, I mean, yeah, sure, Court of Owls was good. Um, I guess Zero Year is kind of good. Uh, the Joker one was good, even though uh, Snyder's jo- <laughs> Snyder's Batman was uh, the, essentially the only good book during that crossover. I mean, everything else was pretty much filler. It's, it was the same thing with the Court of Owls. So I think my pitch is going to be, you know, Scott Snyder's going to hit a home run with it. With Batman, so why not take a look around the other books? You know, Batgirl, The Dark Knight, um, uh, Nightwing, all those other books, and even Batwing. You know, take a look at uh, all those other books and try to make those better and connect with Scott Snyder's story better. If he's the one that's going to make the crossover, because to me. I mean, especially with the Joker one, because I loved his Joker. I, I loved reading uh, his Joker story every month. But it was all these other books that I had to buy. You know, it was Catwoman, of course. It was <laughs> <laughs> The Dark Knight. None of them really executed it the way it should have been. I mean, it, it was kind of like they got at, they got told that they had to write a Joker story at the last minute. And they just threw something something together, kind of like a fruitcake, you know. Yeah, it's just, how about we just take whatever's left on our kitchen counter and put it into a pie, okay? <laughs> and that's what will be our fruitcake. You know, it, it's, it's kind of like that. And, you know, j- just make the surrounding books better quality and make it fit better into what Snyder is uh, is telling. That's That should be step number one, yeah, before any crossovers. It's kind of like you're saying, don't do a crossover. Let's get everything in sync together first. <laughs> but for me, uh, see, I wish I had a little more time to think about this. Thanks for forwarding me the email, Dane. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll go into some I think would be cool to see. If they are, well, they are now that it's been announced, that Batman Beyond is going to be in the new 52 continuity. If it's a separate continuity than what Kyle Higgins is doing in his run, what I would like to see, or I think it would be pretty cool if they do a kind of a crossover thing where, kind of like what they did in Zero Year, where they showed what different members of the Bat family were doing at that time, flash forward into the Batman Beyond universe and see what those characters are doing at that time, if they're even still alive, or tell us what happened to them. I think that would be pretty cool. Bullock's dead. <laughs> He probably had a heart attack. I don't think he'd have his own title. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see one. I just want to see a Batman Beyond universe with Bullock in it. You know, he's like obese, like severely obese. 
know what was really cool, though? In the Flash uh, zero-year tie-in, uh, Barry Allen pretty much teamed up with Bullock in that issue. That was actually pretty cool. Oh, yeah? I feel like what happened? It was pretty much Barry Allen was there to help out, but he didn't know Gotham like uh, Bullock and his partner did. And they're trying to uncover this uh, person who's getting this new type of drug, and that's kind of making people pretty much burn up if they take it and they just catch on fire. Yeah. So it, it ended up being where Bullock and his partner, Bullock's partner, ended up being the drug supplier. But then Barry Allen caught him, and just as uh, Bullock's partner was going to kill Barry Allen, Bullock actually shot his own partner. Like He didn't really like Barry Allen at first, and he really liked his partner, but kind of being the true good cop that he is, he had to do the right thing at the right time and save Barry Allen, but ended up killing his partner. It was just a good story, and then seeing Bullock interact with Barry Allen was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I've read Nightfall quite a few times. Even the only scene like that it. I can... <laughs> yeah, even though I kind of don't like it, the only scene that I can retain is um, in the first issue, uh, in the first... Uh, the first uh, GCPD scene, and Harvey's eating the um, the pizza. That's the only thing I can remember <laughs> from it. And um, Jean-Paul Valley getting a haircut. That's all I can remember. <laughs> That's your take from Nightfall. Yeah. So I want to ask you, know, what, what do you like about Nightfall? Well, Harvey Dent eating a pizza and Jean-Paul Valley's haircut. <laughs> That's it. Oh, Bane, Bane breaking Batman's back? I didn't. I didn't even know that happened. <laughs> so that's what the story's about. Huh? I get it. <laughs> but um, his his final question is, what's your favorite character development for the New 52? And his answer is, I would go with Damien, but it's so disappointing that as soon as they settled in with his relationship with Bruce, Morrison killed him off. Yeah. I really don't think it was fair that the editorial pick the editorial picks and chooses what elements would carry over from Batman Inc. I just hope Tim works with Batman again. Yeah, that's a good call right there. This one it was getting to a great place story-wise. Yeah, they kill him off. <laughs> <Show them. laughs> Character development. Nightwing's been good. I, mean, I would say Batgirl's been the most disappointing so far. <laughs> Yeah, without a doubt. <laughs> and Catwoman. <laughs> oh, God. You don't even have to... You know what? No Batwoman talk, no Catwoman talk. There okay? you go, yeah. <laughs> you know, for, for a good month, I forgot that book existed. <laughs> How fortunate for you. <laughs> I know. Um... Does it have oh, wait, to be Batman? Wait. Because I got wait, some other wait. DC characters I can think of. <laughs> wait, well, going back to Catwoman, it's like, I can't imagine, you know, I mean, especially like a younger girl going into a comic shop and being like, oh man, I'm such a huge Catwoman fan, you know, <laughs> I've, I've got like all of, her, all of her clothes, you know, I... I got all this Catwoman memorabilia. I got these statues. I got these action figures. I'm finally going to go in and pick up my first issue of, of Catwoman. And she reads that and sent these Catwoman. And <laughs> she falls out of love with the character. Like, 
It's like nothing. That'd be like uh, that's, 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 that could happen for a fan like that's that. That's just sad. That would be like us coming into Batman comics. Like, we love the movies, we love the action figures, we love the t-shirts, and we come in during David Finch's um, Dark Knight yeah. run. <laughs> yeah, but I understand he's Catwoman that makes David Finch look like I don't know, Brad Morris <laughs> or Scott Snyder or something. <laughs> no, no, it makes it look like freaking Moby Dick. And the Sentry's Catwoman. I heard that. That was awful. It really was. <laughs> Sometimes I'm curious just to pick it up and flip to a seat if it's, if it's still as bad. But like, yeah, it probably still is. No need. <laughs> Why don't you read it uh, in the store? I don't want to spend that much time in there. <laughs> but anyway, um, too many Batman characters aren't coming to mind. Like Nightwing and Bruce, of course, have been great. But I'm going to go with actually outside the Batman universe and go with uh, Sinestro and Green Lantern. What Jeff Johns did with him at the start of the New 52 and even before that, and just where his whole arc ended, Jeff Johns, run, I thought he did a great job with it. That was one of the... Probably the better, one of my favorite moments is the New 52, what he does at the end of that story. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to sound like I'm crying, to? but <laughs> I just got stuffed up real, <laughs> for a second right there. <laughs> Sorry, do I'll you go need with time Tim. alone? Do you, do you need time alone, Tim? Yes. Do you need... Excuse me for a second. <laughs> While Tim's crying, I'll give my... My character development thing, um, you know, hands down, uh, and I don't like to <laughs> sound like a broken record, but um, <laughs> I know it's coming. <laughs> it's that woman, um, but but not over time, not not over the twenty four, twenty five, twenty six issues that they did, but the one zero uh, was it the uh, yeah the one zero issue that they did because. It essentially took Elegy, um, something that had been done, you know, four, three, four years previous, and they put a new spin on it. And I don't know if you've read it, Alex, but if you know Batwoman's story, I would highly recommend you picking up Elegy. I mean, I mean uh, the, the Zero Issue. Um, if you've read Elegy, you have to pick up the Zero Issue because they – it's hard to explain. They 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 bring you closer to to Kate and to the Colonel and to all the characters, and they they put a new spin on it. You know, not everything was what it seemed like in Elegy, and you know, with that one issue, I think they surpassed every every character in the in. Um, the Batman universe, so probably the Batwoman issue number zero. And finally, um, Alex uh, gave us a PS. Uh, he says, I know Tim isn't like this, but I've been in love with Tim since I first heard his voice. <laughs> he has such a suave voice that uh, it made me fall in love with him. Yeah, I'm sure that's why you didn't send me the email, huh? Alex, you're turning a new leaf on us. 
<laughs> no, no. Uh, thank you, Alex, for your email. We always appreciate those. And you know what? I'm done giving out the, the email address. Nobody's going to email us. So. No, we did get someone else uh, last time, so there are out there. We still got to give it out. Ooh, yay. <laughs> After 20, <laughs> 20 episodes with that email address, we finally got one. One person other than Alex. So Alex knows all of our email addresses. So, um, Batman27 at gmail.com. There. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's going to email us. But Alex knows it, which is mo- most important because he, he always gives us good stuff to talk about. Plus, too, he, um, I don't know if you know this, Tim, but he's actually a Velociraptor. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you pulled one way out of there for that one. <laughs> he was actually a Velociraptor, Tim. I, did, I don't know if you knew that. How can I not know that? I'm ashamed <laughs> of that. I should have figured out on my own. You, you owe Alex an apology. So please give Alex an apology right now. Alex, you have my humble apologies. I didn't know you're a Velociraptor. I'm terribly <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and you have to cry. Just cry at the end. I'm sorry. <laughs> Forgive me. Oh, Tim. I love it when you cry. Because <laughs> it happens so much. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> you just bundle of emotion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big softie. <laughs> but anyway, um, I guess we can finally get into some comic book reviews. So... Um, for December 11th, uh, we have Batgirl number 26, Nightwing number 26, and Batman number 26. And just remember, we're going to spoil the crap out of them. So, Alex, if you haven't read these yet, you're going to want to wait because Tim doesn't want you coming after him as a Velociraptor and you know, <laughs> chasing him through an industrial kitchen. Yes, and you hear what Alan Grant said about them. They eat you. While you're alive. So I don't want that. How enlightening. <laughs> they eat you. <laughs> while you're alive. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. We're, we're going to spoil the crap out of this. So, uh, if you haven't read the books, you might want to come back to the section later. Um, and our rating scale for this episode is Alex Velociraptors that will eat Tim alive. <laughs> well, i got to be careful. So, <laughs> so Tim, where do you want to start off at? Yeah, let's start with Batgirl number twenty-six. And this the week is some three. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> but this is wrapping up the wanted storyline, which I was really looking forward to, and it just ended up being okay. Really, I mean, this issue picks up where I believe issue twenty-four left off because twenty-five was the zero-year tie-in, where pretty much all the villains Barbara went up against. During her new 52 run, like Mirror, Grotesque, and Gretel, they are all teamed up and about to kill Commissioner Gordon under Nightfall's orders. So that's where the last issue left off, and this issue picks up where they're about to kill him, but Barbara intervenes and starts taking him out. And she goes in as Batgirl because the last few issues, she's just been dressing up as a ninja because she wanted to leave the Batgirl persona out since so she killed her brother. So this is the first time she's back out as Batgirl in a long time. And you get the thing where her and Commissioner Gordon aren't getting along because, of course, he's still after her for killing James Gordon Jr. And Barbara's mad at him for him shooting her boyfriend and 
the two issues ago. So they're pretty much not on the best terms with each other, even though Gordon doesn't know who she really is. So kind of got the, the reluctant team up with them to try to take down these villains. And, of course, they work together to stop them, and they do, and they end up taking them down. And then a climactic moment of this issue was something that I kind of saw coming but didn't, where Barbara's starting to walk away and Gordon couldn't let her. He has to arrest her for what he did. And she kind of spins the tables on him about why she had to do it, and he kind of did the same thing with taking, with shooting her boyfriend when he really could have done something else. Because it's all saying you didn't have to kill him. You crossed that line when I let you guys run around the streets and you guys never killed, but when you killed my son, you crossed the line. I can't let that happen and all that stuff. So she kind of talked some sense into him and made him realize that, yeah, maybe she probably had to do it, but I still don't forgive her. And he just pretty much says, I'm not going to arrest you. I'm just, I don't ever want to see you around here ever again. But then Barbara pretty much just got tired of lying to her father, and so she's about to take off her mask and reveal herself, which is what I kind of saw coming where she's going to reveal herself to him. But then Gordon just turns his head around and says, no, I don't want to know. He says, I kind of like where he tells her, where he goes, do you think I'm a fool? I'm a cop, a real good cop. If I wanted to know who you really were, I could easily find out. I can make it my business and discover who you guys are, but I don't want that. So he just says, just get out of here. I never want to see her again. And then that kind of, so Barbara has her mask off. Gordon's not looking at her. She's just feeling awful, wanting to go over there and tell him who she really is. But she just ends up walking away. And that's what I didn't see coming. I thought this was going to bring a new thing where Gordon's going to find out who she is. And it's going to just change their relationship big time. <laughs> Give upcoming Batgirl issues. But things are kind of where they were at the beginning. She not too happy with him for shooting her boyfriend and he still doesn't trust her even though he says he's not going to arrest her so we probably won't be chasing her like he was in this wanted storyline but he's still not going to fully have that his trust is still not going to be fully with that girl so i guess i was kind of torn in how i felt about it as far as if it was a good way or a bad way i just kind of felt it was i think it would have been better if he found out where he was or found out who she was but at the same time i thought that was kind of predictable so it was kind of good that he didn't, but at the same time, I thought it was a little weaker. So, like I said, it kind of split on it. But then at the end, we get to reveal that, of course, I think we all saw coming that James Gordon Jr. is not dead. He's still alive. That he was actually working with Nightfall. <laughs> of he fell into water, so he must be alive, right? Yeah, and he Hush fell into water. He had a battery in his eye. Of course, he has to be alive. <laughs> of course, he has a patch over it now, so <laughs> that's just going to be his new look. Then it kind of ends on a happy note for Barbara because she gets the call from her boyfriend's mother saying that he's awoken from this coma. This coma and it's a new miracle. She just could say to herself that she has to have hope that things will work out. So it was it was just an okay ending to this storyline that I had high hopes for and it didn't really deliver. I was kind of looking forward to a whole Gordon chasing down Batgirl like on the streets of Gotham and if we didn't really get that. I was kind of hoping it would be something like in the Ahsoka arc where Anakin's end up chasing her and he got those clones chasing her down and she's innocent. I know Batgirl did kill her, but she did it for the right reasons. But I just kind of wanted to see more of a chase sequence with Gordon really going out after her, trying to bring her in. But we didn't really get too much of that. So the art was really good in this issue. They had some really cool silhouette shots of Batgirl in the shadows as she's taking down all these villains. So the art's really good in it, but Overall, I just think this whole Wanda storyline was a letdown for me. 
So overall, I'm just going to go ahead and probably give it two and a half out of five Alex Velociraptors that are going to eat me alive. That's, just, that's still a lot of Velociraptors. <laughs> yeah, more than I would like. <laughs> it's two and a half too many. I mean, if I was reviewing an Anacenti Catwoman, I'd be okay because it'd probably be zeros. So. <laughs> it'd probably be negative. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, Nightwing, what did you think about that one? Yeah, Nightwing, this actually kind of caught me by surprise because I didn't remember the details for this one when reading the solicitations, and I was just kind of figuring, oh, it'd be a, some type of tie into Forever Evil. That's kind of what I want to see because Nightwing's fate is obviously a big question mark in that story, but. This one pretty much had nothing to do with Forever Evil, and it just ended up being filler. But I actually kind of enjoyed it. The main plot of it is that there's this uh, new chemical that's being developed for, like, medical uh, vaccines and stuff. It's called uh, canium carbonite, and it's being stolen at these different hospitals. And it's been happening at three hospitals, and on the fourth attempt, Dick finally confronts the thief. There's actually the character named Nimic, who was made an appearance early on in the Chicago storyline. I believe it was in the first part of that. And so she's someone who, of course, can mimic uh, people's moves and their looks. So she's pretty much has all Nightwing's moves down as she tries to escape from him on the rooftops, which is a pretty cool sequence. I always love Dick's banter. I mean, he, he's like the Spider-Man of the DC Universe, really. <laughs> I just love his corpse and his remarks that he has to the villains. And uh, she ends up getting away, but he ends up um, shooting a battering that her uh, backpack that she had the new formula in or the medical uh, see I already forgot the name of it uh, canium in her bag and he's able to recover that as he knocks that off for her but then part of the stuff I liked about it is seeing how Dick's situation and life in Chicago was at because he goes back to his house in the morning in his um, he goes tries to go into his room through a window but it's locked he's like okay how'd that happen and it ends up his roommate She's locked it because she wants to keep the heat in and keep the electric big, electric bill down. So she's doing all this stuff that kind of makes his life a Nightwing not what he's used to. She's, like, cleaning up after after him where he, there's these books he's trying to read, but she takes them off the couch where he left him and loses his place, and she's closing windows on him to make his uh, transition to Nightwing to Dick Grayson easier. So I just like seeing his different lifestyle now in Chicago that he has to deal with being Nightwing and Dick Grayson. So it's some funny stuff. But the main surprise at the end of the issue was Dick confronts this villain Nim again, who's actually going by the name Marionette in this issue, is what she tells him. She tries, he tries to stop another theft from her. And as he confronts her, they have a fight, but then it ends up on the very last page, the person she's working for is none other than the Mad Hatter, which I didn't see coming. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I like what Greg Hurwitz did with him in his run, and he obviously got out of jail pretty quickly <laughs> from that story because he's bad. <laughs> And I guess his uh, marionette slash mimic is working for him because he he calls her his new favorite Alice. So <laughs> there's that angle to it. But of course, she has blonde hair and she looks like an Alice. So definitely caught my interest now that the Mad Hatter's in it. I want to see where the storyline goes with. Hopefully, it's not going to be the same thing that we got with Greg Hurwitz, where he's just uh, obsessed with finding Alice and then this new formula. He's going to use it to kill a bunch of people in Costume City. I just hope it's more than that. So while I was expecting a Forever Evil story, this one actually surprised me, with, even though it was just filler. I enjoyed it. So I'm going to go ahead and give it three out of five Alex Velociraptors that are going to eat me alive. And it's getting scary because the number's getting higher <laughs> in each comic. <laughs> wow, for a filler issue. 
Yeah, I was surprised. Like, when I read, opened the first page, it's like, oh, okay, this isn't going to be with Forever Evil. But then, yeah, it was enjoyable. That's good. But what about, or what did you think about Batman? The one everybody's been waiting for. Yes, Batman number 26. Now, my last review for 25, me and Rob were kind of iffy on that one. While it was good, not bad, it just didn't have the same punch that the previous zero-year issues had, especially issue number 24, which was amazing. And this one, um, I felt was kind of on the same page as issue number 25, not the greatest part of zero-year, not the greatest issue that Scott Snyder has done. The last issue left off with a cliffhanger where we saw Lucius Fox actually injecting Bruce with that formula that Dr. Death has been killing people with, which just makes your bones implode and just disfigures your bones and comes out of your body. But it turns out Lucius actually didn't do that on Bruce on purpose. It was actually a vaccine for him not to be infected by that. We kind of knew, of course, that Lucius wasn't going to betray Bruce, but it still makes you think of that last issue. Why is he doing that? But the first few pages of this issue I love because it's the panels are like movie film. And you see Bruce at the theater having popcorn, watching The Mask of Zorro. But then it quickly turns into Bruce hallucinating from the vaccine that Lucius Fox gave him. So I thought that was a cool intro for it, but I just kind of wished we'd get more to that than this Bruce hallucinating. But Bruce is able to save Lucius Fox and for the moment, stop Dr. Death with the help of James Gordon, who shot him away right before he was about to crush Bruce's skull. So the next few moments are was Bruce in the, in the hospital with Alfred. But before that, there was a small section that what looks to be Bruce doing some training, which is like in this containment ball, which is like one of those things where you probably stay in and meditate, where probably not to try to go crazy, maybe where you see visions, stuff like that. But We'll see where that leads into the story later on, but Bruce has a confrontation with Gordon in this one, which I was really curious to, and looking forward to, to seeing because in issue 25, we found out that Bruce doesn't trust Gordon for some reason. And we kind of get an explanation for that here, but I didn't really think it was the best way to have to have Bruce have some distrust for Gordon because it turns out that the night that Bruce's parents were killed, uh, Bruce was with Gordon and his uh, partner, who were giving him a ride, I think, to meet his parents. And Bruce was, as, was at that time, a little kid, of course, and he's thinking Gordon and his partner are great cops. They're helping people. They're stopping by different locations at the city, different stores. And Bruce asks him, why are you guys stopping all the time? And Gordon's all, oh, we just like to check in and make sure everyone's safe. And just Bruce thought that was really cool. And then Gordon's partner comes back from one of those stops, and he goes the trench coat on Gordon's lap, saying, like, here you go, this is yours. And Bruce thought, oh, that's neat. Citizens are appreciative of your help, so they gave you that trench coat as a gift. How nice. But then he later finds out, oh, he thought that was just a payoff, and they weren't gifts, but it was just for you, you know, crooked cops getting stuff from these um, honest citizens of Gotham. And then Bruce kind of realized that Gordon is a crooked cop at that time, and that's why he doesn't really trust him. And I don't know, I just, to me, came off a little weak where I thought Bruce would have a better reason for really distrusting Gordon because of that. Because almost all cops are crooked, and Gordon, we know, is not crooked. And Bruce probably took that out of context as a kid. And for him to still hold that grudge, I thought, was just a little weak. But uh, I'm trying to remember the issue, because there's a moment where Bruce 
takes Gordon's gun from the hospital because he's mad at him. He pretty much needs Gordon, takes his gun, and he points it at him because he says something that what really sticks in my mind from that night is not you getting that coat and all that. It's me seeing the gun pointed at my face like this, and he's pointing it at Gordon. And he's saying how he will never trust him because he's crooked. I bet you didn't like that, Tim. Bruce with a gun. Yeah, it wasn't my favorite, but was, I know he was making a point. I just thought his point was kind of weak. And maybe we'll get more reveal as to why Bruce really doesn't trust Gordon. Because you know they're going to end up working together. Bruce, or Gordon actually suggests to Bruce while he's at the hospital, we need to work together because Dr. Death is killing people who work for Wayne Enterprises, and we need to work together to stop him. We don't need you going out there by yourself and me coming to rescue you. But Bruce, of course, doesn't want none of that. He just wants to go out as Batman. So the issue ends with Bruce going to one more stop before Dr. Death can spread his uh, virus to these people, but he's too late. His, he already has his next victims. And then the police are there waiting for Batman, and they think he's behind all this. So they open fire on him. I have to say, that was a pretty cool panel, seeing bullets just fly through uh, Batman's cape, and you see him try to block it. But Greg Capullo does some awesome art there, showing the bullets just fly through his cape and start hitting his, his suit, his armor, and you see the last panel is just blood dropping on the floor as Batman's going down. So... He pretty much only died by Doctor, almost died by Doctor Death at the beginning of this issue, but now he's getting shot up by cops. I'm like, man, how much more can he go through on this night? So, yeah, overall it was just pretty good, not great like issue 24 and some of the other Zero U stories have been. So I'm kind of hoping that this starts to get picked up pretty soon, and I really want to see the Riddler again because I always thought he was going to be the main villain in this. Dark City chapter of Zero Year, but instead it's mainly been Dr. Death, and Riddler hasn't been in this issue or the issue before it, so I'm kind of waiting for him to show up and hope this Dr. Death uh, storyline gets resolved in the next issue, because it hasn't been the best so far, and it just kind of seems like a filler storyline and a greater threat that's going on in Gotham, which is, of course, the Riddler and the blackout that he's caused, so I'm kind of waiting for Snyder to get to that. So again, not bad, but uh, kind of expecting more from it, really, since the previous zero issues have been really good. So this is now two in a row that have been just pretty good issues, not great issues that we expect from Scott Snyder. So I'm just going to go ahead and give this one three and a half out of five Velociraptors who are going to Alex. Uh, let me say that again: three out of five Alex Velociraptors who are going to eat me alive. <laughs> well, at least you got it that time, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm one for two. <laughs> So you're batting 500. That's for this review. Really good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, um, this is the end of the podcast. Uh, we're done here, right, Tim? Yeah, we're only done because I didn't get Justice League because my comic shop didn't get their shipment today. So, oh, <laughs> like, hey, where's well, Justice League from my? Like, where is it from my pull list? And he goes, Yeah, we didn't get the shipment today. Like, <laughs> yeah, but. Uh, we don't want you to forget. <laughs> I tried to spin it, but I couldn't. So close. <laughs> there was nothing there. Uh, but we just want to remind you that uh, this pod- this podcast is sponsored by Tweaked Audio. 
there's uh, there's a bunch of quality, affordable headphones over there, so you can go to tweakedaudio.com and place your order. And when you're checking out, uh, all you got to do is enter the promo code PBUSAVES, and you can get 33% off your entire order and free worldwide shipping. So just go over to tweakedaudio.com and pick out a nice pair of earphones or headphones. What, what is the right terminology for for uh, those earphones? Those, I, call, uh, I always yeah. call them headphones. <laughs> That's how I've always oh, called them, and I always will. <laughs> Even though the, they're the ones that go inside of your ear? Yeah, maybe they are technically supposed to be called earphones, but I still call them headphones. <laughs> oh. That's me. Well, I call them head earphones. Earphones. So we're in conflict <laughs> now, huh? <laughs> yes. Yes, we need to fight. Oh, no, no, no. We don't need to fight. We need to go on the internet and complain about it. Where's my phone? I'm going to tweet this right now. I can't <laughs> believe there are people who call them earphones when they're headphones. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, you can check out the Bat- our host site, the Batman Universe, at thebatmanuniverse.net, or on Facebook at facebook.com universe or on Twitter, and the Twitter handle is at batmanuniverse. And you can follow all of us on Twitter. Uh, Tim's Twitter handle is at TimG311, and Rob's is at DrummerRob10. Uh, you can also find us on iTunes, and you can rate and review us, and as well as all the other Bat- Batman Universe podcasts, and you can rate and review them, too. Uh, and Dustin's on all of them, right, Tim? Every single one. Yep, every single one except for this one. Uh, because, as our slogan says, if you're listening to a Batman podcast, it's probably not this one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you can rate and review us, and you can rate and review them. I mean, we're sitting at nine. Can we, can we get ten, please? I mean, we've had nine for like the past year. Yeah, so <laughs> almost. Can we just get one more, just to get ten? A nice, round, even number. And... We'll be set for that. Yeah. I mean, we, we don't need any more unless you really want to do it. We always welcome uh, more, but if we had to end on one number, 10 would be perfect. Yeah, 10 would be perfect. Uh, and you can also check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Podcast. So, we love you, everybody. We love you with all of our hearts. So, please don't cry. And don't miss us too much because you'll end up crying. And uh, we'll be back here doing this again in two weeks. So just just don't worry about it. We we love you, right, Tim? Every single one of you. Yes, every, every single, single e- Even if you're missing an arm or a leg or you only have one eye, we still love you. <laughs> like James Everybody's Gordon Jr., right? <laughs> yeah, like James Gordon Jr. If you got a batarang thrown in your eye, you lost the eye and you got to wear an eye patch, We'll still love you. And if you're a uh, serial killer, sure, what you did is despicable, and we can never love you, but we love you for the time being. <laughs> I don't love that, but... <laughs> yeah, you're probably right, Tim. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> so, bye, everybody. See you next time. See you later. Adios. Sayon. <laughs> Auf Wiedersehen. <laughs> Auf
voix. I was only doing three languages. You could do more. <laughs> well, I only had two, so <laughs> that's good enough. Oh, hopefully that recorded dim because if it didn't, <laughs> I'm not doing it a third time. <laughs> well, I guarantee you the first half of it did before the call drop recorded, so that's a guarantee. Okay. And it looks like this one is too. Okay, good. Uh, maybe now I can finally get over Friday night. <laughs> yes, just relax, relax. Then. Feel the force. <laughs> That's it, feel the force flow through me. Yep. Oh, that still makes me mad. That was good. <laughs> yeah, that was good, though. It wasn't too long, it wasn't too short. Yeah, perfect length. It was pretty much... How long did we start? Seven, yeah, about for two hours. Maybe someone's called it yeah. enough. <laughs> <laughs> Every hour and thirty minutes it draws for some reason. But really, have you noticed that? Anyway, <laughs> yeah, like every hour and thirty minutes it draws for some reason. Huh. But um, yeah, like I said, let's hold off on guests. Um, I I did promise Cross, so okay. uh, Cross is going to be on this year. Um, so let's give it till like February, March, uh, to have guests on if there's anybody that wants to come on, if you know anybody, or if Rob knows anybody. Yeah. Um, we'll see if Gary responds back. <laughs> I doubt it. I mean, he stood us up last time, so it's like... He sent me a Facebook post saying, do you guys, where's your links? I want to catch up on some of your newer episodes. I guess maybe you listened to some that he sent that email today, and then I think... <laughs> Uh, oh, well. But oh, well. Yeah. We'll get it. <laughs> All right, Tim. All right. I'll talk to you in about 10, 10 to 20 minutes with a dumb question. <laughs> I'm counting on it. I'm expecting some uh, more baseball qu- or trade discussions we'll be talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, my God, I can't believe the Yankees signed Mark Mulder <laughs> for 10 years. <laughs> So, on a $240 million contract. We won't sign Canel, but we'll sign the comeback 38-year-old pitcher for 10 years. He's had, he's had two two arm surgeries that ended his career. Yeah. Well, that surprised me, though, that he's making a comeback. Like, yeah, I, we'll I see. didn't expect that. Yeah, we'll see if anyone gives him a shot, but... You know what? I doubt it. Yeah. It's got to be like the Astros or the Marlins, some really bad team yeah. for some pitcher. To eat some innings up. Or, if anything, a team's going to pick them up. They're not going to uh, bring them to the, bi- the big leagues. Yeah. Like, like, like Mark Pryor for the last three years. He's finally retired. He's trying to not I think this is going to be like Mark. Yeah, like Mark Pryor. Yeah. Yeah, it's like he uh, he got hurt. He was out for a couple of years, and then he's trying to come back so badly. Yeah, you got to feel sorry for him. Like, uh, <laughs> They're good pitchers, and you know they really love the game, but their stinking injuries just keep them from playing in the big leagues. Yeah, and if you really think about it, it kind of wasn't his fault that he got hurt. <laughs> because, I mean, I mean, it's it's been widely reported that, you know, uh, Dusty Baker yeah. overused oh, him. Yeah. Dusty Baker yeah. is notorious for that, people say. And now he's out of a job. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and I didn't know um, Davey Johnson was out of a job. 
Oh, yeah, well, that was his plan all along. He's retiring. It was like he was firing. He was fired or anything. Oh, oh, I thought he was fired because... Uh, oh. All right, Tim. I'll talk to you later then. Okay, I'll send you the stuff over in a bit. All right, I'll see you. All right, later. Later.